Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Sean. And I'm your other host, Dave. And joining us today, we have special guest Heidi Bennett of Spinal Tap Minute and Cabin in the Woods Minute. Welcome. Thank you so much. And it's really great to be here. And it's actually Cabin Minute Cast. We had to shorten it <laughs> so we could turn it into a easily remem- rememberable or easily forgettable Cabin Minute Cast. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Cabin Minute cast. Yeah, and that's great. And uh, I think I've, I've mentioned this before. Our regular listeners should know, but if you're joining us for the first time, Heidi was my co-host on that that aforementioned Spinal Tap Minute. And uh, that was a lot of fun. It's great to be back with podcasting with Heidi once again. So welcome. Thanks. I'm really happy to be here with you. Yeah, it's great. We're happy to have you. And we are happy to have you for Minute 21. So uh Dave, why don't you tell us uh, tell us a little something about Minute 21. In Minute 21, Phil has lowered his change of departure down to 75-80%. He asks a uh, lady outside where she's going. She informs him to Gobbler's Knob, of course, see the groundhog. Phil asks if it's just once a year. Uh, he walks down the same street, noticing the old homeless man, and sees Ned approaching. Ned is excited, bang, right out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is our first... Our first second go round, our first repeat of Groundhog Day, and and Phil is looking at the world with suspicious eyes. Is kind of my na- ma- main note for this minute. Even more suspicious than usual. Yeah, I, I that's that's pretty much the difference I noticed watching these minutes again. Was his first run through was aggravation. His second run through seems to be anxiety, and mm-hmm. I think that leads to my theory is that I thought I think he thinks. That once he gets outside the bed and breakfast, it'll be okay. Like, I, I, I really feel like if he's like, as long as he gets past all the weird people that he thinks are just inhabiting the bed and breakfast, that once he gets outside, breath breath of fresh air, he'll be able to figure out what's going on. But really, he still sees the same hordes of people going toward God, which not. Yeah, it just keeps getting worse and worse for Phil. And... I like the way you phrase that because he's someone who kind of thinks he has everyone, everyone figured out, kind of everything figured out. He's got the angles. You can't pull one over on, on old Phil. And and now he's like generally confused. He's, he doesn't understand. And that kind of starts chipping away at that facade, the way that uh, that confidence that he likes to portray, that kind of that, that's that confidence that's underneath the smugness that we've seen from Phil. And he's certainly he's starting to have some doubts. Yeah, I when he, when he stops a woman in the street, so many of the cheap horror films I've watched, I got really nervous because anytime someone stops in the middle of the street, it's preceded by like a, a bus or a car hitting them. So when this woman stopped in the street to look back at him, I like I, oh it's just like there's a there's this pang of just like ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. It it always looks suspicious when it's somebody. Right in in the street like that, and then I'm I'm really curious to hear you guys talk about this because I didn't watch the previous twenty minutes. I just came in cold, and I thought I was like, "Oh, I think this might be the second time he's doing this because he doesn't seem quite as 
you know, he just is a little, like you said, a little suspicious. His eyes are kind mm-hmm. of moving back and forth. And so, yeah, uh, then I realized, oh, okay, so it takes 20 minutes. So there's 20 minutes of getting to know him and how he sees the world before we kind of start going on this repetitive journey of observation and growth and all that stuff. Yeah, it actually, it takes, and I haven't gone forward to see if how how much this pattern keeps and I suspect it won't because we'll we'll be spending more time in Punxsutawney as as the days or the day goes by but it takes about 10 minutes the first time through to get to this point Mm. and then it's about 10 minutes later uh, off a little bit so this 21 most of this action or this time of day mostly happened in minute 10 the first time around, the first Groundhog Day, and then minute minute twenty two is a lot of minute eleven into minute twelve, and we're already seeing some differences. One thing is, obviously, the first time this happens, he wouldn't stop this woman to ask her where everyone's going. He would know where everyone's going, and he would just walk along. So the the pedals the the pebble has been thrown, and the little ripples of changes are, are starting already that uh, the things are a little bit different. You know, he stops, he has this walk uh, or this talk with this woman to ask where everything's going. And he gets to, he rounds the corner and. Oh, also I want to point out. Oh yeah. She's, she's also, he's probably noticing she's carrying a tote bag of Phil, Punxsutawney Phil on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of fill. There's actually something, um, is it later this minute? Yeah. I didn't notice this the first time through, but there's, it's like a groundhog trash can cover. Yeah. <laughs> on the corner, like right when he turns the corner where the, the old man is standing, <laughs> there's like a, a big groundhog head on the trash can and you throw your trash into the groundhog's mouth. Yeah, one thing I was thinking, too, was that with him asking her that question, it really kind of gives me a bit of a, you know, a Scrooged vibe, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, what is what day is it today? You know, that kind of a thing mm-hmm. just kind of popped into my head when I was seeing him doing that. Yeah, no, that that's interesting. That is a really good I hadn't thought of it. But we, we've talked a little bit about Scrooge before that there are some parallels with uh with a Christmas Carol and obviously the connection with with Bill Murray there, but I like it. I like that. That kind of adds to um, to the parallels. What day is it? Yeah, you didn't miss it, Phil. It's still Groundhog's <laughs> Day. <laughs> Only he's maybe. I think uh, the the Bill Murray and Scrooge is happy at the end that he didn't miss Christmas. Where I think right. this, at this point. This fell would be happy missing missing Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah, um, I really like this groundhog head with the mouth open like that. I remember growing up that there was some, um, I think at the uh, animal wild animal park, the, you know, they did that kind of a thing where you could, the garbage cans all looked like lion heads. Or <laughs> I think even there was even a water fountain that you could put your head in and feel like you were getting chomped on by an animal. <laughs> Do you want to get to Ned part two? Yeah, Ned Ryerson, being right out of the gate <laughs> or first shot out of the box. Yeah, I like this. We see. So in terms of the movie, things are a little bit different because he's picking up again that the timing's going to be a little bit off. 
Um, cause he pick, you know, he notices Ned right away. He knows it to Ned. He remembers that from the day before. So they don't have the long drawn out, uh, Ned telling it, you know, fill his life story, trying to jog his memory and they walk along. And I do want to make a technical note. We don't get too technical generally on the podcast, but I just want to point out, they did a really good job syncing things up in terms of kind of the extras around the people walking on the street, the cars that are driving by, um, the two guys that are standing, or the man and the woman that are standing in the bakery doorway, kind of sipping their coffee, mm-hmm. um, that they did a they did a really good job. Now there's some differences. I noticed the the red flag in front of what I think is the car sh- card shop in minute ten. That was at or minute nine. That was like wrapped around the flagpole, and then here it's just flying loose. Well, does that go with my theory then that there are slight, there are very minute chaos theory changes? Yeah, yeah, I want, yeah, it does kind of play in that that could be it. It's just because it's it's a few seconds later originally because Phil, you know, Phil stopped to talk with uh, with that woman. You know, he's he's walking probably a little bit slower at least at first because he's he's still kind of doubtful what's going on. Mm-hmm. So there are there are little changes. That are coming in. Um, yeah, one of those is Phil recognizes Ned right away. And Ned is, Ned's the same. He kind of follows the same, the same line of questioning he did the first time through. Yeah. One, one, one little continuity, it kind of bugged me when I was going back on this minute, was uh, right as he's saying, I sure as heck file, I remember you. That line, you have two ladies that are walking behind Phil. We then cut, mm-hmm. we get, we then cut to Phil and the ladies aren't like, because they're, 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 they're they're trying to sneak by Phil and the hardware store. Right. Like they sneak right behind it, but then when we cut to the camera, they're not there. And I, that, like, I was like, ah, it bugged me. But, uh, you know, it's like, I, I assume oh. they, they, they walk through somehow. Uh, yeah, well, maybe they there's like a door right there. Maybe they, well, we'd probably still see it. Maybe they, they sneak into that shop. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And I see what you're saying. There's like the one in blue. Yeah. And the one, yeah. More, more importantly, though, but, what I noticed about Ned in the second shot is because he gets the friendly recognition from Phil, he gets way more aggressive, way more fast. It's like he gets ramped up quicker because he doesn't have to explain his identity to Phil. So he's not like, don't you remember mm-hmm. me? It's like, oh, we're best pals. And he did, and it is that overly aggressive one-arm hug. Well, yeah, because didn't he, I think the first time through, he like puts a hand on his shoulder or hand on his chest, just like, well, oh, let's catch up. They do a little thing. walking. They do a little walking where he goes like, they call me Ned the Bull. And he's kind of like walking with him, <laughs> doing his little hand yeah. gestures about how he and, and talks more about the life insurance where he really like, I mean, we're going to say in the next minute. I'm not going gonna, I'm not, I'm not to discuss yeah. it now, but he gets, it just, I just feel like if you trigger Ned by like remembering him, he seems to get way more aggressive. Like to him, it's probably friendly, but to us, it's like, you just went, whoa, man. Yeah, he's all up in his personal space. Yeah, he's kind of, I mean, they're not just walking side by side. He's got, it looks like they're dating. Yeah. You know, he's got an arm <laughs> on his shoulder. They're, <laughs> they're really getting close and personal there. Like, like, yeah, like I watch it around like, yeah, minute 40, 45 when he does the arm thing. He, he literally takes Bill Murray with him. Like watch, watch Bill Murray's right shoulder. It's like he put like, like 10 pounds of pressure on him. He's like, oh, geez. Because <laughs> he's like, I just can't, he's like shocked that like, yeah, like we're all shocked. Like Ned just like went from like a eh, creepy guy 
to like way too aggressive. So yeah, there's some sort of body language, uh, or like you mentioned, him just recognizing his name gave him that go ahead. Something mm-hmm. there's probably a you know a six tiered marketing plan that says <laughs> that if somebody recognizes your name, you can hop to you know you can hop to level five and go from there because you're already good friends. You know you don't have to maybe warm up the mark as much or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Like, if, if, I like that. it feels like it honestly feels like watching it this time on this 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 uh, this uh, Groundhog Day Part Two that Ned like immediately marks Phil for insurance. Like, it doesn't feel like a natural progression into it. Like, what are you up to? What am I up to? Or what you know? What he's telling him he's up to. It really does feel like that. He's just like, I see Phil. I gun to Phil. I sell life insurance to Phil, or just insurance overall. Yeah, that's one of the things I'm finding about this movie and movies by minutes overall. What what I personally discover uh, watching movies in this format and, and following along with with others' podcasts is more attention paid to those secondary characters that aren't necessarily you know it's not Phil, it's not Rita, it's not even Larry, um, and obviously Ned Ned is a huge part of this movie. I mean, Stephen yeah. Tobolowski really steals the show. He's he's great, but paying more attention before, I kind of thought, oh, he's the good natured guy, and he's trying to be nice to Phil. He remembers him from high school and stuff, and and Phil brushes him off, but but still kind of thinking this is this is a good guy. Where it's nah, he's I mean, he may be a good guy, but. He really is – he is salesman from the get-go that all this – he just happens to recognize this guy. But I could see him in a situation where he's stuck in an elevator or you know he's just in line next to someone he doesn't recognize. And yeah, maybe there's – he's got to go through those first steps. He's got to go through like step one, two, and three from the seminar on making that connection and getting someone's name and stuff like that. Whereas here he can like skip those steps. Oh, I know the guy's name, so I can go right to step three. Oh, now he remembers my name. Okay, we're on step six already. Like he's flipping through the the manual or the you know the the uh, the one day seminar on on taking the the bull by the horns that that Ned attended, and it's really it's it's not about friendship and, and connecting with you know and someone he knows from high school. It's about it's about putting the sale in. Um, and particularly like life insurance is not, it's not for everyone. And I'm, I'm not a, I'm not an insurance expert. I'm not a financial planner. You know, if you're worried about taking care of your family, see an expert or professional. Definitely. But my feeling is like life insurance is you've got a mortgage, you've got kids, you've got people that depend on you, you know, or depend on your income. And if you're not there to provide, you, you know, you want to make sure your family doesn't end up homeless that they can afford the house or the rent that your kids go to college and stuff like that yeah that's for life insurance and you know phil's a single guy we're, we're giving him the benefit of doubt like as, as sexist as much of a dog he is at least he's not a cheater mm-hmm. so we're gonna assume that phil's single if he's got nobody there's no one that's gonna no one depends on his income yeah he doesn't need life insurance at this point like he can really just you know i mean maybe if if he's got like a you know, a parent he needs to take care of or some other dependent. Yeah. But if it's just him, if he's just a single guy, no one depends on his income but him. Well, then the problem takes care of itself. If he's, you know, if something happens to him, 
there's no income, but he doesn't need it anymore. That's so that is something. Yeah, I thought about the uh, the parent angle because he doesn't really call. I mean, like Matt's. Oh, never mind. Just caught myself. The phone lines are down. <laughs> no, because I just I just thought about that. Like he yeah. never makes a call, like a personal call to anyone, and. And yeah, you just say, "Well, the phone lines are the long, Don Lizen's phone lines are down. He couldn't call a parent if he wanted to, who's living on state." Right. So, nah, I just shut my own theory down. But yeah, you're right. There, right? There's no dependence. Though we don't know, we don't know who he was trying to call. We just know he's a celebrity in an emergency. I mean, I just think he was trying to call like AAA, <laughs> expecting them to send a bulldozer to pick him up. Like that's in my mind. <laughs> I think that's what Phil was saying. Like, oh, if I let yeah. them know I'm a celebrity emergency, I'll get the bulldozer, like half track, uh, you know, tank brigade right. uh, treatment. Well, maybe he was like trying to get through to the station and be like, you know, can you send the traffic copter? Oh my to goodness. come pick me up. Oh my goodness, that would be funny. Like, oh, in a blizzard, we're gonna send you the chopper, Phil. Yeah, send me the chopper. Yeah, sure, send the chopper into a into a blizzard. <laughs> Why not? Well, he's definitely, I would say dressed and i really love this traditional coat with the furry type collar and the hat i mean it's oh yeah right out of salesman look i mean it's really timeless but it does kind of have a an older old school glengarry glen ross kind of a vibe to it yeah well i was thinking death of a salesman yes yeah yes yeah really it's a it's a timeless look from like the the beginning of the insurance industry, like from the 1300s to the present, uh, they all dress the same. And I was also going to mention that by far my favorite salesman, um, and I don't know how effective he was, but favorite salesman for this type of job for life insurance is um, Clyde Bruckman from that really heralded X-Files episode, <laughs> Clyde Bruckman's Final yeah. Repose. Oh, yeah, Pierre Boyle, yeah. That was a great episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's an example of a good salesman. <laughs> that is... Someone that can also tell by yeah. touching you or something of yours how you're going to die in the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think he's, you know, that's, he's be- he was better at assessing the need than, than definitely yeah definitely um see i think like like a a, a dismemberment uh, long-term disability is the thing that phil might be interested in if he if something happens to him where you know he loses his voice or he's like horribly maimed in a a groundhog accident or something and he can't work on tv anymore <laughs> he'd want some kind of income you know to, to keep up his lifestyle sure um yeah he's he's not so worried about death yet but, you know, he will be. Um, perhaps. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, we're starting to bleed into the next minute. So I don't want to... Let's not... Yeah. I have a... I, yeah, so do we want to... Yeah, because I've got more stuff on Phil. But okay. yeah, like you said, it kind of it kind of goes over. Sure. Yeah, so uh, Heidi, unless you have anything else for this minute, we'll, uh, no, we'll save, it good. save it for tomorrow. Right. Save it for tomorrow. Save it for tomorrow. Well, uh, yeah... It's uh oh, you want to get some plugs in? Uh, sure. Tell us where our listeners want to hear more of you, where they can find you. Absolutely. So as uh, as previously mentioned, Sean and I, be, you know, we we birthed our <laughs> selves into the movies by minutes podcasts by doing Spinal Tap Minute. So you can still find all of those awesome episodes at SpinalTapMinute.com. And I'm currently wrapping up my second 
Movies by Minutes venture with Molly Balin, and that's Cabin Minute Cast. And that is about the movie The Cabin in the Woods, the horror and uh, comedy kind of mind-bending classic. And uh, that's at cabinminutecast.com. And then you can find me and everything I do as a multi-creative coach and retreat leader at heidibennett.com. Yeah, I definitely recommend people check all those out, particularly Cabin Minute Cast. Uh, Heidi was great. Molly, uh, your co-host on that, was great as well. So folks should definitely check that out. Thanks so much. Yeah. And folks should definitely check us out tomorrow. We will be back. Myself, Dave, Heidi, we're going to do it all over again. And so uh, that is it for us. Thank you for listening, and we will see you tomorrow, if there is one. Bang right out of the box! <laughs> Let them say your hair's too long, cause I don't care with you, I can't be wrong. Oh, oh shit. Oh, shit? My backup audacity did work, by the way. Oh, thank God. The last minute. Good. I never hit record in Zencaster. <laughs> you mother... Let them say your hair's too long.